Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of Fixin' to Talk Sports. I am your host, Ryan Brown, and I have the Fixin' to Talk Hockey Boys back as it is the season opener for hockey in the NHL tonight on October the 12th. So, you know, we got to preview the upcoming season. That means I got my brother, Nick, I got Zach, and I got Mike Berry. Fellas. How are we doing? Hockey is upon us. Hockey back. is back. We back. Ready for an actual full slate of uh, 82 games with the normal divisions. Um, so excited for things to get out of the way and uh, the Bruins to get started here on Saturday. Where's the merch? <laughs> yeah, we've been talking about this merch for a long time, man. I don't know what's taking so long with the merch. I blame Mike Barry. I bl- uh, yeah. Don't play me. I just, I just, I just edit the dang thing and get it to the people. The merch it's is the on merch the uh, host here. You're the merch guy, though. I'm not the merch guy. I'm just the idea guy. But Listen, anyways, I think if we took a vote and we picked who is most likely to be merch guy in this group, I think you'd win. Hundred percent. I'm definitely not voting for me. Thank. <laughs> I, I know that much. Local uh, hero. Host podcast doesn't pick himself as merch uh, merch guy. Uh, I'm a I'm a humble humble man, uh, but we are not here to discuss our future merchandise. We are here to what? talk hockey, and with the season upon us, I think it's only right that we break down each of the divisions with a, a preview. Uh, so, as we know, last season the divisions got all jumbled up due to COVID. They are back to what they were pre-COVID, so we've got the Atlantic Division, the Metro- Metropolitan Division, the Central Division, and the Pacific Division. So let's let's start in the Atlantic Division. Zach, give me a player to watch in the Atlantic Division. Uh, well, it's got to be, for me, Taylor Hall. Uh, Bruins been just never had that second-line scoring with the, the big three up top. So if he can return to some form of the guy who won the MVP a few years ago, then the Bruins are going to be a dangerous, dangerous team with Taylor Hall on the second line. Mike Barry, what about you? Who are you looking for in the Atlantic? I think it's the guy who just got paid by Montreal and Nick Suzuki. Uh, he just signed a, a con- $63 million contract. Um with the Montreal Canadiens with uh, AAV of 787, which I believe that equates to an eight-year contract. Um, so nothing to shake a stick at uh, up in Montreal. Um, him along, they got a lot of young studs up in, up in Montreal. Him, um, Cole Caulfield, um, and the, one of the uncertainties in Montreal, which which I thought he was going to have a great year this year, which he was going to be my pick, but he's not going to be playing for a little bit. I uh, have to step away from the game is Carey Price. I thought he was going to be a real stud this year, kind of on the back down of his career. And But um, hopefully he makes it ways back soon. But my pick is uh, Nick Suzuki. And Nick, what about you? Give me a player you're looking forward to watching in the Atlantic Division. Well, I mean, I, I guess I could answer this question two different ways. So, of course, I'll do that for you. I'm definitely looking forward to watching uh, a guy on my Florida Panthers. That's Jonathan Huberno. And I, you know, I love my Florida Panthers. And uh, for them to have success in this division, now that you mentioned we're back to the normal divisions, uh, their top guys are going to need to continue playing as top guys. And we've seen this man play as a top guy before. But if they're going to have long-term success, long-term success and really make an actual run in the playoffs and not get stomped on by the likes of Tampa, uh, this is a guy who's going to need to lead the charge. But what I really wanted to say, um, a player that needs to be watched, not in the sense of, like, I'm excited to watch him, but a player that needs to be watched because th- their team is at risk of, like, I, I, I want to say blowing up. Uh, I, I'm looking at John Tavares uh, and, and basically the entire Toronto Maple Leafs team. Uh, every year, it's been the same shtick with them. And if they don't change the way their seasons turn out soon, uh, shit is going to hit the fan. 
uh, for lack of a better term. So uh, a guy like John Tavares, who they brought in from New York uh, to be one of their top studs alongside Austin Matthews, who's, I mean, last year was, un, uh, he was unbelievable. Uh, but that's come to be expected now with him. But a guy like John Tavares, most importantly, needs to stay healthy and be on the ice to produce for a Toronto Maple Leafs team that has just underachieved uh, year after year. And I don't know how much longer they can do it. Yeah. And <clears throat> moving on to let's talk some sleepers. I think it's pretty obvious in the Atlantic division, the favorite has to be the two time defending champion, uh, Tampa Bay lightning, but let's talk some sleepers here. So Nick lead us off here. What team are you kind of on the lookout for that could sneak up on people? Well, it's really tough in this division because I feel like a lot of teams here have established themselves as either being playoff contenders or just dog shit. I mean, we're ta- you talk about Ottawa, Buffalo, and Detroit, and you just know they're going to suck this year. The only thing that may surprise me would be like Ottawa being like not the worst out of those three. So I guess the only real sleeper I can really see in this division is Montreal, and we watched them go to the Cup last year, so I don't even know how much of a sleeper. So, quite frankly, I don't think this division has a sleeper. And and sadly, that's my answer. Zach, would you concur with that? No sleepers in the Atlantic, or is there a team that kind of uh, piques your interest? Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a clear bottom three. Um, uh, I mean, however you want to slice up the other ones, I mean, I, I guess I could say... F- Florida, but they, they're good. I just, I don't know. There's five good teams. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if any of those five finish in the the top three. Mike, you, you want to jump in here? Um, yeah, I think, I think the sleepers might be Toronto, um, for them to come back. I kind of, kind of am in line with, with what Nick was saying is, uh, a great comparison for the Toronto Maple Leafs for me is the Cleveland Browns, the NFL talented across the board, but they have nothing to show for it. So unless that changes this year, I think this is a final year where they have that core team that the core players around them. And I think this is the year they need to get something done. If not, it'll be a fire sale like the uh, Chicago Blackhawks had uh, the first time they won the cup uh, a few years back where they won the cup and had a fire sale. So uh yeah toronto maple leafs give me that as a sleeper uh and hopefully you know they get out of bed instead of going back to bed yeah honestly toronto the situation with toronto is what like some idiotic bruins fans uh, for for some reason like to complain about every off season that the bruins like don't win the cup so it's been like nine ten years now every year i see the window everyone talks about the window Like that's Toronto. Toronto's window is the one that's like shutting down more imminently than I think Boston's not to say it's not close, but I think Toronto's more on the hot seat than Boston. All right. So let me get, uh, before we get, give our picks for the top four, uh, how we think the top four in this division will shake out. Does anyone want to give a bold prediction for a team or some player in this division. Sure. Um, Mr. Mr. Charlie McAvoy is going to win the Norris trophy. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I don't know how bold this is, but I, I, I don't, I don't know if Tuka Rask suits up for an NHL team this year, including the Bruins. I don't think he, I don't know if he steps back on the ice this season. I think that would be a little bit shocking. So I'll give you that. Mike, you got a bold prediction for us? How about Jeremy Swayman for the Calder Cup? For the uh, not Calder Cup, for the Calder the, Trophy is Rookie of the Year. This is the Calder Cup, buddy. Yeah, wrong, wrong thing. But the Calder Trophy, uh, the Rookie of the Year. Uh, maybe he, huh. he gets the number one job over Allmark and, and shines and, and just has his full season and Rookie of the Year. Right now, I could see it, dude. He's out playing all Mark in the preseason. I know it's preseason, but he's out playing them. We shall see. All right, let's get into your guys' picks for the top four. Uh, Zach, I'll start with you. Who do you have winning the division, and who else should 
do you like to make the playoffs out of the Atlantic? Uh, is it only a top three? I think uh, it's top four. Yeah, it's four. It's four now. I thought it was top three from each division and then two wild cards. Is that not it? No, that's how it worked before with the truncated season and whatnot. But I think I'm pretty sure. Don't quote me. I'm pretty sure it's back to the normal. Style All right, whatever. We'll do four. four. I'll, I'll right. look it up. I'll look it up. But you continue. I uh, got the lightning at one Bruins, two Leafs, three and the Panthers, four. OK, Nick, what about you? Um, I'm going to say Tampa, Florida, Boston, Montreal. And finally, Mike. Uh, give me Tampa Bay, Montreal, Florida, Boston in no particular order. Wow. In no particular order, buddy. Fucking we were, soft we, as we shit. We are going in particular order. Sir, I need yeah, no order. particular order. No particular order. Oh, I don't like that. That's um, that there's we're going to there's going to be you know what you know what ha- well you know what happened with me last year when I picked these and I had you know I picked a certain division and I got it woefully wrong Dude, and I just got say, absolutely lambasted just right. say you're you're, you're really order, at, at talking just give us order. your terrible take and we'll yell at you later yeah we'll write we'll, we'll go that. we'll go one Tampa two Boston um three Montreal four Florida Okay. All right. Uh, so let's move on to the Metropolitan Division. Uh, and let's start again with a player to watch. Mike, you can lead us off on this one. Who are you looking forward to watching or just watch in general out of the Metropolitan? Um, I think it's going to be Jack Hughes in New Jersey. Um, he's had two solid seasons. His first season, he was kind of invisible. Uh, last year, he lit it up towards the end of the year, but this his third season is looking to be his first full season um, in regards to games played um, and not having to, you know, shut down and whatnot for COVID or having a shortened season because of COVID. Um, last year, he puts up um, 11 goals, 20 assists, 31 points in 56 games. I think... I think he could easily be a 20, 30 goal scorer this year. Um, so hopefully that, that take is not as hard as I think it's going to be, but Jack Hughes, I think he's going to light it up this year. Nick, what about you? Who are you looking forward to watching? All right. Well, I'm hitting you with the same shtick. I'm looking forward to watching Artemi Panarin because he's one of the best players in NHL in, rec- in uh, recording goals and assists. And the Rangers really need him to keep up uh, that pace um, if they're going to have success in this division. Um, but like I said, um, a player that you definitely uh, got to keep an eye on uh, is Carter Hart on the uh, the Flyers. Had an awful year last year after such a good year prior to that. Uh, will be interesting to see how he bounces back. Um, I think he's been losing even playing time. Um, I think he was starting to lose playing time last season. Um, I forget what the guy's name is that they also have kind of almost playing a tandem with him. Um, but yeah, we'll be interesting to see how Hart uh, bounces back after a pretty abysmal uh, season between the pipes. Okay. Zach, what about you? Uh, I just got to go Homer for my guy, Alexander Ovechkin. Um, been my favorite player for a long time. I just love watching him play hockey, man. The way he plays so hard offensively and defensively. He's not really good defensively, but he fucking lays people out and he's got no teeth and it's great. And he just scores goals. Uh, I just love watching him play hockey. So I'm really excited to watch him again. Bonk. Thank you. I will take that bonk every year. Do you think he's <laughs> going to break uh, Gretzky's record? I do. Same. Yeah. It's got plenty right. of time. He needs, All what, right. three three solid goal-scoring seasons left? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Now let's talk so, sleepers in the Metropolitan. Do we feel – I know we didn't feel like there were really any true sleepers in the Atlantic, 
Does anyone feel like there is a sleeper out there in the Metropolitan? Um, I think I think Patrick Line is going to snap out of his funk that he was in, um, in that he was in last year and, and light it up. He, he scored a goal in preseason a couple nights ago where he made it look too easy just walking through the entire – I forget what team they were playing – but he just walks through the entire team's defense and just roofs it top shelf. Like, how are you? No, no questions asked. So um, he could be a, a solid player to watch if if all goes right. But he he was kind of a head case last year with uh, going back and forth with uh, Tortorella and Columbus. So it'd be interesting. Zach or Nick? Well, listen, I I I love Patrick Liney. I hate Columbus as a whole. Um, as, as far as their chances this year, um, another another team that just struggled with goaltending last year, amongst many other things. But um, another team that had some good goalie success the year prior, and then last year d- just fell flat. Um, I think the New York Rangers are a good sleeper in this division uh, because you know you expect the teams like the Islanders and the Penguins and the Capitals, to kind of be the juggernauts of this division. Uh, and then you really have kind of like Carolina and then maybe even Philadelphia. But I really I really like the Rangers, man. They got a lot of young talent um, that just the more playing time, the more reps they get, the better they're going to be. Uh, they've got a good goaltender in Igor, last name I'm not going to try to pronounce. <laughs> Um, all I know is that he's absolutely nasty when he's healthy. Um, he's definitely struggled with staying on the ice um, these past couple seasons ever since he got up to the main roster. So, yeah, um, I, I know I, I know a lot more about the Rangers than really uh, most of these other teams in this division because I just know Rangers fans. And, you know, I can't deny what I, what I know and what I hear. They got a good, solid team going there. If Mika Zibanejad doesn't start, as slow as he did last year, you know, if he kind of kicks it off and stays hot, like he did, you know, toward, towards the end of the season last year, this team can absolutely make some noise. They just really got to put it together and let this young talent cook. Cause I think that was the one thing that hurt them in that playoff series um, during the COVID year last year. Zach. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to piggyback off Nick's, uh, Nick's guy to watch Carter Hart. Uh, if Philly can get him to play back up to the level that we were accustomed to seeing, then they got a real shot, uh, making some noise in this division. I don't know if they can win the division, but they might be able to sneak in to a top four spot. Um, but it's all going to come down to his glove. Mm. All right. Now, before we give our playoff picks for the metropolitan, let's, let's give a bold prediction. Uh, who wants to lead off? Oh, geez. Um, I need bold predictions. Well, um, my guy that I'm watching, Ovechkin, is going to lead the league in goals by a healthy margin. Ooh, I'll, I'll consider that high single digits to approaching double digits. Um, I'm going to – I don't know why it's popped into my head. I don't know if it – I don't really know where this hatred really came from, to be honest with you. But I'm going to say Patrick Line it gets dealt at the deadline again. I okay. Wow. All right. And I'll, I'll go. I'll, I'll double down on my sleeper pick of uh, our play to watch pick of Jack Hughes is he's going to beat out Ovechkin for ah. most goals oh, this geez. season. Oh, Lead Bre- leader. Off of this kid. Burrito bet. Do it. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> Jack Hughes versus Ovechkin, goals scored this year. Burrito bet. Burrito bet. All right. Oh, it's on the board. Love it. Love it. Free burrito. All right. Congratulations, Mike Barry. You just lost the burrito. No way. Nope. Uh, Now, I took a little dig in here, but uh, I can't confirm Zach's hunch was correct. The playoff format is returning to the top three in each division with the two wild cards. Uh, So, uh, if – Let's when we go through our metropolitan picks here. If you want to reevaluate the previous uh, Atlantic division picks, you may do so. Uh, nah. 
But Nick, lead us off here. Give me your division winner and the rest of your playoff teams out of the Metropolitan. Uh, let's see. I'm going to say uh, Washington, uh, Islanders, and then Pittsburgh. And I, I would like to throw in the Rangers as a wild card. Okay. What about you, Mike? Um, all right. Uh, Carolina, they're going to win the division. Um, and then we have, um, Washington and then I think I'm going to go Pittsburgh with the Islanders getting the wild card or is it two wild cards? Uh, well, you, everyone gave four from the Atlantic. So you would then have four from the metropolitan. Okay. And yeah. Zach. So when I did when I did mine, I I had it like three from each and the wild card guys, but I did have the Panthers as a, my wild card team, so it, it works out. Nice. But I had the same top three as Nick: Caps, Islands, Islanders, Penguins, uh, with the Canes as the wild card team. Nice. All right, so that wraps up our Eastern Conference preview. Let's move out west, starting with the Central Division. So Zach, why don't you turn us around, start us off, give me a player to watch out of the Central. Uh, my player to watch is Kirby Doc Dash Doc. Uh, yeah, whatever. For the Blackhawks, third overall pick in 2019, 23 points, six four games last year. Big, strong dude. Uh, should see a big jump in production this year. Uh, I think he'll end up taking over that number two center role from Jonathan Taves and just in short order. All right. What about you, Mike? It's got got to be my guy in Minnesota, Kirill the Thrill. Uh, Now that his contract situation is all figured out and I kind of took all summer, um, he's ready to go play over in the KHL as a kind of a bridge year. Um, But Minnesota, they they got the contract locked down, and I think it was a five-year deal. So, I mean, that kid is just – every single game last year that was on TV – he was doing something every time he's on the ice. I mean, I'm not going to compare him to McDavid, but when, when he's out there, he just a highlight reel. Um, So I think he's going to be one of the studs coming out of that central division Um, really helped Minnesota get to the playoffs last year. Um, They couldn't really do too much, but they're a sneaky solid team. They're almost kind of built like the, the St. Louis blues were when they won the cup, you know, they strong and steady throughout the whole season. And, and, you know, a couple of young studs will, you know, hopefully bring them to where they want to get to. And that's, that's the Stanley cup. Nick. All right, Ryan, well, you're going to love this one, but uh, I got my eyes on Connor Hellebuck of the Winnipeg jets this season, because honestly, this this central division low key might be the most balanced division uh, in the most competitive division in the league this year, looking across the board. Uh, there's not really one team that I, I look at in this division. And I'm like, Oh, like they're like a bottom dweller, like, uh, like a, in the entire league. You know, I think a lot of these teams are on a similar level with some obviously being a notch higher than the others, but um, Connor Hellebuck, uh, and as we know, in the cup, in the playoffs, uh, goaltending is what really um, can transcend a team higher and, and really carry a team all the way to winning a cup. So uh, in this division, I think Connor Hellebuck's play is going to be important to watch as they try to as he tries to carry this team um, to having some long term playoff success. UMass Lowell's greatest NHL export, Connor Hellebuck. You'll love that, to see it. That I can't deny. Uh, now, you, you, you said, Nick, that you think this is probably one of the deepest divisions. Do you believe there's a sleeper out there? Um, hmm. As far as sleepers, yeah, I could see Chicago being a sleeper this year. You know, they have a lot of young talent, um, almost similar to the, the Rangers, but uh, you know, Zach mentioned their their newest draft pick this year. I'm not going to try to pronounce that name again. Um, but, you know, um, they got some good goaltending last year as well. 
And uh, I think I don't think they'll be like a top three finisher in this division, but I could see them scratching out a wild card um, at probably at best. But I mean, for them, considering where they're at right now um, as an organization, I think would be pretty damn good. Zach, what about you? You got any sleepers here? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Nick, Nick stole mine, uh, but bring over Mark Andre Fleury, and I think the Blackhawks are going to be dangerous. Um, I, I really like them a lot. I think they're going to have a very, very surprising season in this league. Mike, are you in agreement there, or do you have a different sleeper? Um, my sleeper is going to be the Coyotes. Um, two reasons. Um, not because of the team that they have, but what? They're, they're bringing what? back the uh, white Kachina jerseys from the 90s. Jesus. And two, the first team in the league to have a relaxed dress code. So Who, who invited this guy? Hey. He's like, Mike Barry's the classic, like, Jersey, like, obsessor, where the, he judges teams that he doesn't know very well based off how cool he thinks their jerseys look. Hey, hey, go, you know what? You, you can't go wrong with those, those in the, in, in their retro, those reverse retro jerseys that they had last year, they always were the best in the league. Hot take, lock it in. I don't care. They were the best in the league. Yeah, so who's your sleeper in this division, buddy? Coyotes. For their jersey. All right, got it. For their jersey. Got Sweet. it. Let's go. Love that. All right. So with <laughs> that, let's go on and make some bold predictions while we're making some bold takes. Uh, Mike, do you have a bold prediction for the Central Division? Um. Let's see. Bull prediction. Give me, give me Kale McCarr for the Norris. Realistic, but. Okay. What about you, Nick? Yeah, I don't know why, um, but, you know, for some reason, I just think the Arizona Coyotes are going to suck this year. <laughs> um, finish last in this division. Huh. Okay. Interesting. Just a feeling. Just, a, just you know, my gut's acting up lately. Just a gut feeling, you know. <laughs> Zach. Well, we'll go from uh, we'll go from last in the division to first in the division. Blackhawks win the central. Holy Ooh, shit. That's a, that's spicy. I like that. Yo, one. put a burrito on it. Yo, who said that? <laughs> you, you calling it you, you calling the shot, Nick? What's the burrito bet though? I'm not just it's a bold take. <laughs> it is a bold uh, take. I'm not going to challenge him to a burrito on a bold take, you know? Yeah, I would hope not. All right, let's 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 make some picks here in the Central Division. Zach, you can get us going here. Uh, who do you have, like to win it? Other, is it going to be Chicago or you got somebody else? And then who else joins them? Yeah, no, I got, uh, I got Chicago, Colorado, and Dallas uh, with the Wild in the Wild Card spot. Wild. Nick, go. Wild. That was a disgustingly cringe pun, but uh, we'll we'll try and forget that. Uh, I'm gonna go with Colorado at number one, and uh, see after Colorado is where uh, things really get dicey for me. Um, but I I guess I'm gonna stick to my guns here and go Winnipeg and then Dallas and then Chicago uh, for the wild card. Did you have a gut feeling there? Uh, no, that time I decided to go with my brain. Ah, using that thing. Mike, yeah, go every ahead. once in a while, I got to keep it going, you know, so it doesn't get all rusty. Um, obviously, Colorado is going to be up top. And then give me Minnesota, give me Chicago, give me Nashville for the wild card. Yuck. Nashville. Blah. No Yuck. Dallas. Interesting. All right. And finally, We'll wrap the divisional previews with the Pacific Division. Again, we'll start with a player to watch. Zach, get us going here. Uh, my player watching me, Robin Leonard, uh, replacing Flurry for the the Golden Knights, who he's been so amazing for them. Uh, they the Knights have had so much success, and 
I don't think it's going to come as easy to them this year uh, with the change in goalie and little downgrade there. So the Knights are going to be able to go just as far as Robin Leonard takes them. Mike, what about you? Who, who are you watching in the Pacific? Um, I mean, it's, it's the player to watch. It's got to be Conor McDavid. Really cool take, but I think I think he might be it might be his year for the MVP this year. So the only thing that bothers me about watching McDavid is I have to stay up till ungodly hours to watch this man <laughs> light it up. True, it is a uh, tall task to ask of you, Eastern Time Zone Johns. Uh, Nick, go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to keep my eyes on Philip Grubauer, who just went over from Colorado to the Kraken. Um, going to be watching Kraken. a lot. What's that? Kraken. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be watching a lot of Kraken games this year. Uh, and I know they'll be on late, but it's I. Right. I'm not worried about it. Um, I, I'm really excited to see how uh, the second experiment, so to speak, of an expansion team with the way they've run the expansion formatting as far as the drafting goes. I'm really uh, interested to see how it works out uh, and what kind of success Seattle has right out of the gate. I I don't expect them to be as good as Vegas was right out uh, from the the get-go, but uh, regardless, I mean, you, you throw Grubauer on that team, he was a Vesna finalist. I mean, that's a pretty good, damn good start. So uh, definitely we'll be watching all those games and my boy Grubauer in that. All right, Mike, let's talk some sleepers here. Do you see a, a sleeper team in the Pacific division? Um, for me, probably Calgary. They're just another team that they have a, a lot of young talent, um, but they can't, they haven't really been able to put it together. Um, but maybe this year they, since they're not playing Edmonton every other night like last year, maybe they'll be extra to be able to string some competition and some games together and, and put it together this year. So it was exciting watching them, especially, you know, guys like Johnny Gaudreau and Makachuk and all that. But um, they just they just haven't been able to do it. So give me them as my sleeper pick. Okay. What about you, Z? Uh yeah, a lot like Nick talked, uh, the Kraken is just the sleeper team yes. in the NHL. I mean, you don't know what they're going to be. The, you've, nobody's really – nobody's ever seen them play. So, um, that f- the fan bases in Seattle we know are great, so that stadium should be rocking. Uh, you got a lot of good talent coming over, solid goaltending. Uh, yeah, I like the Kraken a lot. I'm excited to see expansion. They obviously weren't able to take it as much advantage of the – expansion draft as the Knights were with all the trading the Knights did before the draft because people were more ready for the expansion draft this time. But yeah, it should be a lot of fun to see hockey in Seattle. Nick. Yeah. Um, Zach kind of stole my thought, but I mean, that's, it's fine. It's kind of been the trend for this pod so far. Uh, I'm going to roll with uh, the Edmonton Oilers be in their sleeper and yet they have like two of the best players in the league because the rest of their team is shit. Um, but you know, one of these times they got to put it together, right? They're, you know, as far as their defense outside of Darnell nurse and, um, and of course their goaltending, I think Mike Smith in net for them last year. That's gross. If that's true. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you have two of the best players in the league, you always have a chance. So, uh, they're going to be my sleeper in this division this year. All right, and let's move on to some bold predictions. Zach, give me a bold prediction for the Pacific. All right, you want to hear bold? Yeah, let's get bold. Yeah, is it bold enough to put a burrito on? Uh, maybe. Uh, the Kraken, <laughs> the Kraken yeah. win a playoff series. Okay. All right. Ooh. All right, I can get behind that. What about you, Nick? Um, damn. Uh, yeah, I, I, I got. I want to. I want to make another crack and bold take, but do uh, it. 
But I mean, uh, the the problem was I was gonna say that the Kraken like make the playoffs, and you're out here saying that the Kraken are gonna win a playoff series, and now it's like not that bold anymore. <laughs> so I'm trying to call an audible right now. Um, Send him to the what? cup. <laughs> I, I I don't know if I can realistically get on board with that. I, I'm gonna say that uh, Vancouver sneaks in for a wild card spot. Okay. What about you, Mike? Well, um, I think my bold prediction is going to be if for my player pick for the Calder is going to be Trevor Zegers uh, from Anaheim. He was an absolute stud in the World Juniors last year. Um, if the Calder is, is not Jeremy Swayman. And yeah, you're just the, hedging your bets. Yes. If it's not Swayman, it's going to be Trevor Zegers. <laughs> We love to see hedging of the bets, not going to lie. All right, so let's get into our picks for the Pacific Division. Mike, turn us around, get us going. All righty. To win the division, give me Vegas. Give me Edmonton behind them. Give me Vancouver behind them. And give me Seattle as a wild card. Okay, Zach. Uh, Give me the Oilers. Flames, Knights, and the Kraken in the wild card. Damn. Um, I'm gonna roll with uh with Vegas, um, Vegas, Edmonton, Seattle, and then uh, Vancouver. All righty. So those are our playoff picks for the upcoming <laughs> NHL season. We'll get into the fellas conference finals and Stanley cup predictions at the end of the show. But I think it's high time. We talk about the upcoming Boston Bruins season. So let's, let's begin this conversation by just talking expectations. Uh, Nick brought up the ever elusive window that exists or does not exist for this team. So Nick, why don't you dive a little bit deeper into the window? Yeah, I mean, um, this is not a new conversation. It's one we've had on this show before, and it's one that we'll probably have again. But um, every offseason that the Bruins fall short of fans' expectations, which, of course, being in Boston is, you know, championship or bust, um, people are going to uh, resort to this window conversation where they think that, you know, Marshan and Bergeron are in – and well, I mean, we did see Krejci go, so I guess they kind of they got me there. Um, but I still think, you know, with uh, Taylor Hall on this team and with Craig Smith on this team, that they can uh, they can make up for some of the production missed by David Krejci. And let's face it, David Krejci's not really a goal scorer anymore. You know, he he's one of the best puck distributors that they have on their uh, that they had past tense on their roster. Um, but I think. Uh, you know, it, it opens up the door for more uh, more young guys to step up. Um, I am really disappointed. While I understand why they did this, I'm really upset that Jack Stanika didn't make the main opening day roster. But I understand that he had you know waiver options, and Anton Bleed did, and they wanted to keep Anton Bleed. They must like him enough. But yeah, listen, they, there are young guys in this system. Um, and down in Providence, particularly, and some now that are um, in, you know, up in the main Boston team, uh, that as we have been saying, need to step up and start proving their worth uh, because they were drafted where they were for a reason. Um, and so, you know, this is going to be one of those seasons where that's really put to the test. And, you know, if they fall, if they if they don't make the playoffs this year, I mean, we're going to have the window conversation again. But the window conversation really just surrounds like their older town. It, it was always surrounded around the Marshawn Bergeron, Krejci, Chara, right? But at, at that point in their career, Chara was only hurting the team. Um, and, and people even wanted to see Krejci go, which I thought was a little absurd, but now he's actually gone. Uh, but listen... They, the Bruins will always find ways to be competitive. And Marshan and Bergeron are nowhere near done yet. They're nowhere near being, 
you know, top tier guys in this league. I mean, uh, I, I forget which media site it was, but somebody released like a one A and one B tier of like the top, like I don't know, tennis players in the league. And Marshan and Bergeron were not included in any of them uh, at all. And yet they're still top players in this league who can produce at a very high level. Uh, so I don't think that's just good. It's going to stop anytime soon. They're not, I feel like Bruins fans think they're older than they really are. And they're just not. And I don't know if it's like they're worried about injuries. They get older, whatever this season is going to be probably a roller coaster ride because of so many changes. Like I said, Krejci got Rask also probably not going to be here. I don't think he's, I don't think he's going to play ever um, this year. Um, you get to see Olmark, you get to see a shit ton of more Jeremy Swayman, which is fucking awesome because Swayman's the fucking best. I love Swayman. I'm going to buy a jersey this year. Um, and you get to see a lot of these uh, other guys step in that they signed in free agency and see if Don Sweeney's moves in the offseason will actually pay off since he normally doesn't do shit. Um, but yeah, it, it's, I think it's going to be a roller coaster of a season. And uh, just praying that it doesn't go bad because then we got to listen to a lot of people who don't really know what they're talking about. Mike, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, let's, let's get you to chime in here. Yeah. Um, I guess to start off the expectation is they're going to rely on that the top line and we'll see what happens after that. Uh, the second line looks real solid in preseason play, but I mean, how how many times are we going to go around the carousel of the third, fourth line being a committee job and then not having that scoring support after the perfection line? Um, so I think the general expectation is, is just the status quo and anything above that will be a miracle. Um, you know, in regards to some of the offseason signings, there, there aren't too many too many guys that I've heard of before. They're kind of depth pieces. I feel like they could have reallocated the money that they that they spend on those guys and, and got some, you know, a, a top six forward or a top four defenseman. Um, because out like as we saw last year, the depth is so important to this team, especially in the back end, where you got to feed your workhorse Charlie McAvoy 20, 25 minutes a night, and then. You know, if he goes down, he's he's not really, you know, built to to last these to get hammered like he has been the past few seasons with injuries and whatnot. And then same thing down the line with, with Brandon Carlo. Um, you're your second in command there in regards to workhorse, but he can't he can't seem to stay healthy with his concussion history. So I don't think the Bruins did enough to bolster their back line. I think they kind of filled in some depth pieces up front in the off season. Um, so hopefully, you know, that's not going to bite them in the rear end going in the first part of the, the season here. I do hope they, they get a top four defenseman as their, as one of their big moves this year, as opposed to focusing on the, the forward group. Um, they have enough young talent to kind of get them through uh, with the young talent, either up at the NHL level and down the farm system. But that, just the defensive core, if, if they can just solidify that over the next few years, I think they really have a shot to be contenders. But if they don't, I think they'll be falling by the wayside. Yeah, and let's get you, Zach, let's get you to jump in here. Give me some expectations that you got for the Bruins. Oh, I mean, expectations every year is Stanley Cup or, or nothing. Um, with the amount of talent that they have and just – being the Boston Bruins. I mean, you, if you're not going for championships, then what are you doing? But uh, Nick, you said Bergeron's not that old. He's 36. That's, uh, that's getting up there. Yeah. How old's Ovechkin? Well, he's Russian. It doesn't count. Oh, please. <laughs> no, uh, still, I mean, he's got gray everywhere that he grows hair. Don't I don't want to hear this nonsense that Bergeron can't be producing the way he is right now. When no, no, I'm not saying he can't be good. I'm saying it's it's getting there. Did you say everywhere, Nick? Like he everywhere he grows hair. Yeah, we don't have to go that deep into that, bro. It's not that serious. All right, 
Anywho. But yeah, I mean, you guys covered a lot of it. It's going to the defense uh, pairing with McAvoy. I uh, would like to see them improve that spot a little bit. Um, and just the health of the team overall. You, the depth is not really there for these guys to get in, have injuries for a significant amount of time and then to still be uh, top team. And then just seeing how Umwark and Swayman, uh, seeing how that balance ends up is more 50-50 or is one guy really take the job over? and kind of get the two-thirds, one-third split. Uh, I don't think any guy will turn into just every night type of guy. But, yeah, uh, I'm excited for the team so far. Uh, we haven't played a game yet, so I can still be excited for now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, I know we've we've dropped a lot of names, new faces on the team, but let's just each each of you give me one player that we should keep an eye on for this season. Zach, I'll let you lead off here. Uh, well, I won't pick, I won't pick Taylor Hall again. Uh, pick Charlie. Coyle. Charlie Coyle. Jesus. Taking over the crazy <laughs> role in the second line. Uh, <laughs> see how him and Taylor Hall and Craig Smith end up working out together. He had some good stretches and he's had some bad stretches, uh, but Boston guy would love to see him take a massive step forward this year. I think I'm going to fire the producer after uh, this episode. Uh, Nick, go ahead. Well, I mean, listen, it's make or break time this year for uh, everybody's favorite boy to shit on. Uh, I'm, of course, talking about Jake DeBrusque. It is, it's, it is quite literally make or break time. And I think, I think everybody, including himself, knows it. If he doesn't, if he doesn't meet expectations this year, which – uh, at this point, I don't even know what the hell the expectations are for him uh, from like the, you know, the coaching and, you know, upper management. 25 goals. Office. If that's, if, if they are expecting 25 goals, I think we're going to see Jake DeBrush get the hell out of here next season. But like I said, um, it's time for him to show up. He showed us that he can play at that 20, 25 goal level before. Uh, so there's no reason he can't do it. And it's just a matter of uh, going out there and actually doing it. And hopefully, you know, now he's probably going to be playing uh, third line, probably with the likes of Felino and like Howla and those guys. So he's going to get a mix of some of the new faces that Sweeney brought in the offseason. So hopefully that helps him out, gives him a little fresh start, even though it's not. And uh, he finally puts up some good numbers for this team. Mike. Yeah. Um, I hope that Bruce, Bruce Cassidy finds a lot more confidence in uh, Carson Kuhlman. Uh, third, fourth line center. Um, he has shown in very brief sample sizes that, that he can contribute at a high level. But I feel like you know, Bruce Cassidy and the coaching staff have him on a, a shorter leash. Um, and he, he hasn't been able to play at a consistent, uh, have consistent ice time. So in a full season, uh, hopefully he sees more ice time and, and it's contributing to the, uh, to the stat sheet in a positive manner. All right. And now before we kind of wrap up and the Bruins talk and get in, discuss what we think the floor and what the ceiling is for this team. Are there any intriguing storylines that you guys are keeping tabs on for this team going into the 2021, 2022 season? I'll start with you, Mike. Um, an intriguing storyline. Uh, I mean, in an alternate universe, we'd be looking forward to the trade deadline as opposed to, you know, not looking forward to it. So Maybe in an alternate storyline that we have this year is that we get some solid deals at the trade deadline and, and make a run, a deep run with some new talent. Um, but obviously back to reality. Um, I was just going to say. Yeah, back to reality here. Um, I don't know. It's going to be a tough, a tough start to the season, I think. 
Uh, guys are still getting used to their new line mates on the team. I think the I think the chemistry, if they can build start to build chemistry in the first couple months of the season, I think they're going to be in for a a solid season this year. But if, if that if they're not clicking and they're just trying to reshuffle lines every game, I think that's I think you're gonna you might be seeing that uh, if if things don't click, you know, the shuffling of the lines outside of the first line and and see what happens from there. Nick. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of storylines going into the season. I don't want to take any away from Z, so I'm just going to, you know, dial it down to one. Um, but I think Linus Olmark's play this year is going to be important because he just signed him to kind of a big contract. I think we're paying him like five mil a year over like three or four years. So, uh, you know, if he if he comes in and he gets outplayed by Swayman, I mean, who's to say that they don't try and just get his ass out, you know, before his contract finishes up completely. Um, so, uh, by no means to see on the hot seat, having never even played a regular season game yet, but, um, I think there are definitely going to be people quick to scrutinizing him and criticizing him. Uh, if he doesn't play very well and he plays kind of shakily, like he has been, um, with letting in some cheap goals in the preseason, um, and, you know, letting Swayman outplay him for the most part so far. But again, hopefully they're uh, him and Swayman are a great tandem. Um, and, you know, they both can have success this year and lead this team to a deep run. Zach, give me a storyline you're, you're looking forward to following this year. Um, well, I'm not really looking forward to it, but I'm going to stick in the – in the crease there and it's Tuka Rask. If uh, these guys in net don't start out too hot, I think there's gonna be a lot of media calls for Tuka Rask and where is he? And if he tries to come back at some point and if these guys are playing well, like who goes down, um, not looking forward to that part. Uh, just the uncertainty around Tuka, but I think he will be a storyline all year. All right, so let's wrap up now with uh, where we think the floor is for this team and where and how far they can realistically go. So, Zach, lead us off here. Where do you think the floor and the ceiling is for the 2021-2022 Boston Bruins? Uh, well, we talked about earlier that the top five, top five in this division are pretty damn good. So I'd say the floor is fifth in the division if – Things go poorly um, and with the perfection line. And if the second line, second, third line step up, the ceiling is Stanley cup. Nick, do you concur with that? Yeah. I mean, I of course agree with that. We're in Boston, baby. That's just how it is here. But uh, on a serious note, yeah. Um, it's the offensive contributions are always going to be centered around those last two lines. You know, can they be more than just, you know, energy lines like the fourth line has been in the past and Bruce Cassidy's teams. Um, and I think that really, like I talked about uh, a second ago, it really starts and ends with Jake DeBrusque, but um, uh, I a hundred percent agree with Zach. And it's also the other thing that's going to be um, really uh, I can't think of the word, but like the, the health of the defense, we've talked about it a couple times already. They have consistently showed in the past few years that um, this defensive core just for some reason just gets hurt every year. Uh, and they look real bad on defense without, you know, their full lineup healthy and even full, fully healthy, you know, they're still not, uh, the best unit out there, but they definitely are good enough to make a run. Uh, so these guys staying healthy and also playing uh, to their expectations, you know, that's going to be really important to how deep they go this year. So uh, I, I, I'm right there with Zach. I agree 100%. What about you, Mike? Yeah, and, uh, Nick and Zach pretty much nailed it on the head. Uh, if it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good year if everything's clicking and and everybody's contributing on the stat sheet. But 
if the points aren't there and you're relying on your defense to bail you out, relying on your two goaltenders to bail you out, it's going to be a long season. So, uh, you know, floor is middle of the pack in the division, not making the playoffs and ceiling is getting in the playoffs and making a deep run. Um, and I hope, uh, you know, to kind of piggyback on my earlier points here, I hope this year that they, they add <laughs> some talent up front, specifically on that, you know, right side now. Uh maybe this will be the year that Krejci's out and they they finally add that talent to to the to the team. So, we'll see. All right. So, let's wrap up the show here with your guys's final four predictions. So, give me your conference finals matchups and who advances to the Stanley Cup and then who ultimately takes home the cup. Mike Get us started. Oh, all right. Prediction time. Okay. Um, give me in the Eastern Conference, give me Tampa Bay and give me Carolina. Carolina beating them in six games to go to the Stanley Cup. And then in the West, give me give me Minnesota. Give me Edmonton. Give me Edmonton in five games. Edmonton winning the cup. Wow. Okay. McDavid gets his cup. Zach, give me yours. Hmm. Okay. Uh, in the East, I got the Caps over the Bruins. And in the West, I got the Oilers over the Avalanche. And just like Mike Barry, I got the Oilers over the Caps. Mm. Nick, do you want to make it three for three? Um, I hope not. I'm going to say in the East, it's going to be, um, it's going to be Tampa and I'm going to say the Islanders again. I'm going to go with a repeat. Um, although I think this year I'm, I'm going to take the Islanders over the, uh, the, the lightning. And then in the West, uh, we can get a little freaky, I suppose. Um, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go Vegas and I mm, can't really make up my mind about the central. Cause that's, that's, uh, that's a brutal one, but I'm going to say, I'm going to say Vegas and Dallas, Vegas over Dallas. And we can run Vegas and the Islanders in the cup. And uh, you know what? Let's um, let's go Vegas. I'll say Vegas instead. All right. So we got two picking the Oilers and one picking the Vegas Golden Knights to win it all. You heard it here first on Fixing the Talk Sports, fellas. You guys have any final thoughts before we call this one a show? Yes. Yeah, I do. Hey, as the host, you got to give us some form of prediction. Oh man, you really put me on the spot. God damn it. Uh, all right. All right. Look, it's until I see somebody take down the lightning, I'm going to say they make it back to the cup for yet another year. However, Pittsburgh I, just beat them four to one. So they just, you know, took them down first yeah, game. So. Yeah. One game. One game. So it's okay. It's okay. We saw what this happened. Left. We, we saw what happened last year. They didn't have some of their best players during the regular season, and then they returned for the playoffs, and they whooped everyone's ass. Cheaters. Uh, then give me out of the Western Conference. You know what? You want to get spicy, Nick? I'm going to get spicy. Give me the Kraken. They're going to pull a Golden Knights. <laughs> They're going to go to the, to the Stanley Cup final, but then they meet. Goliath. They meet Goliath in the Stanley Cup, and Tampa wins their third straight because the Kraken just aren't ready for the moment yet. Yo, um, you want to put a burrito on? Burrito on the Kraken making the cup? No, because that's a bold prediction. Well, I mean, these weren't these didn't have to be bold predictions, but I. All right, I think that's gonna do it here from this episode for Nick, Zach, and Mike Barry. I'm Ryan. We will wait, see wait, wait, you wait, 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 next one more. time. Fuck Duke. Duke sucks. I hate it here.